And welcome to Beyond Damascus. My name is Aaron Richards, and I'm joined here in studio by... Dan Demetag. And Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. Just like St. Paul encountered the Lord powerfully on his on his on the road to Damascus and he was he was transformed there and he was ultimately brought to Damascus and charged uh with with a life of mission with a life of of um responding to God's call in powerful and impactful ways and uh so too here we we love to hear the stories of of individuals who through a regular everyday um what that through a powerful encounter with Jesus have been charged with a with a with a consistent and everyday call to mission. So Beyond Damascus is a, is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. It's carried across the global EWTN Radio network. And I, I am so excited for this show. I'm stumbling over my words, friends. <laughs> this <laughs> let's, is, let's this open is a in good prayer. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Good and gracious God, you are amazing. We just pray that you would uh, work in wonder and power in the church again today, Lord. I pray Thank that you, you would Jesus. renew your wonders, that you would open the heavens from above and allow the blessings of heaven to fall upon your church, Lord, Amen. that we would live richly in the inheritance that we have received as sons and daughters. Amen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Aaron. So we want to talk today about like the call to mission and our missionary impulse. It's an exciting time in the church right now. We are celebrating the month of uh, missionaries. Yes. Regardless of when you're listening to this show, it's the month of missionaries. Uh, exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. It is kind of funny that we have like a month of missionaries as if we're like every month isn't a uh, missionary month. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty cool. So, so we, uh, as, as you, as you may or may not know, if you're a listener to the show, so Dan and I work every day as um, co-directors out at uh, a mission campus called Damascus here in central Ohio. And um, we, we live in the midst of a, a missionary community who's, who is, focused on giving their lives in response to um, the Lord's call to, to live life on mission. And um, we as a community were blessed and affirmed to hear that Pope Francis recently um, named this month, the month of it, uh, the extraordinary response to mission. So mm, um, that is those among us who, uh, who realize that our missionary call isn't don't be offended by that. It isn't just something that that we uh, that we live out in the midst of our everyday life, um, but it's it's our our missionary call is something that should transform our lifestyle, right? Absolutely, it's it's actually our spiritual DNA as baptized sons and daughters that I was I was baptized into the mission of Jesus, yeah. and and the, every single one of us, no matter who we are, or what we do, we're called to full time ministry. So we just a full time ministry looks different for different people, but we're all like 100% of our day is dedicated towards the mission of Jesus and Amen. bringing people into a relationship with him. You know, our ministry community, missionary community at Damascus, we have um, a way of life that we like to live. And one of our uh, kind of uh, staples of our way of life is we say we like to be mission focused. Yeah, that, that we want to be focused, um, not just like not not allowing just the the mission of Christ to be something that's an accessory to our life, but that we'd be mission focused. That we would make decisions um, in our lives, both large decisions and small everyday decisions, based off of the missionary activity that we're called to uh-huh. to live. And uh, I think that 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 focus has to it's um it's something that when you wake up it's very easy to go through our day it's very easy to go to the grocery store it's easy to go to work it's easy to to go through the 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 
the everyday actions of life without being focused on the mission of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and just saying, like, Lord, I want today, I want my everyday thought to be directed towards the mission of bringing people into a relationship with you. And and just how powerful that is. Like, yeah. I, I think about, like, when I go to Walmart and I'm, fo- mm. like, mission-focused, it's a totally different experience than when I just go to Walmart, <laughs> you know? Like, because I can just go and, and just be, like, grocery-focused or task-oriented, task-focused. But when I'm mission-focused, I'm so focused on people. And I'm focused on conversations that are strategically leading people into a relationship with Jesus. I'm focused on sharing life, sharing love, sharing joy. Um, and I'm the best version of me uh, when I'm mission focused. Amen. Uh, but when I'm not, I just kind of let life happen. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not living life intentionally. Yeah. You know, it just kind of. Uh, and and the worst thing is I'm not loving people intentionally. Yeah. Which is sad. At Damascus, we call it. It's a part of our missionary mindset. It's like a. It's it's almost like an examination of faith that that an examination of our life rather that that we will um, that we hold ourselves to. Every day that we realize that if, if I'm not living my life according to the missionary call that God's placed on me, um, then I'm not I'm not going to be who I'm called to be. I'm yeah. not going to be the best. I'm not going to be the best version of myself. I'm not going to be the best husband, best father, um, best boss, best coworker, best friend. Yeah, we just got home from France, Aaron and I. We were um, participating. Uh, and helping out with a conference called the Mission Congress. Yeah. Um, in Europe, they call their conferences congresses, and right? it's awesome. And, and <laughs> I, I just love it because the whole conference was just dedicated towards becoming missionary. Yeah. And um, that the the idea, I think like right now, we're every, everyone's like on this like cutting edge phrase of like, we're missionary disciples. And it's like something that's becoming popular in the church, which is awesome. Like it's a great phrase and we should like, we should have the mindset of being missionary disciples. Um, but uh, this, con- this conference was just really dedicated to saying like, hey, we want anyone who wants to grow and being a missionary come to this. And they had, yeah. a, they had all, like uh, close to 20 bishops there. They had 300 priests. They had uh, uh, 6,000 lay people. And they were just hungry um, to grow in the missionary impulse and the missionary call of the gospel. Yeah. So we thought we'd kick off the show today um, by sharing some of the highlights that we experienced at the at the Mission Congress. And then got a special treat. Um, one of the young women who has who participated in the Mission Congress this year has agreed to join us for an interview all the way from Paris. Uh, so um, we're, we're, it'll be great. She's, she's just an absolute sweetheart, and you will love to hear her story. Um, she speaks with such humility, and, uh, and she is part of a, of a, of a community in Paris um, that even in the midst of, of really cultural challenge, you know, cultural desolation um, in terms of Christian faith, who's, who's living her call out loud. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we hear the word missionary and we're like, well, how do I become one of those? Or what do I have to do? Or I'm mm-hmm. not one of those because I'm not in Asia, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not, but, uh, like, uh, if if I wanted to be a great like football player, but I never identified with being a football player, I probably wouldn't be a very good football player, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yep. like I'd have to wake up and say like I'm a football player. Like yeah. I, this is this is, and I think if if I start identifying myself as a missionary, like and I I believe so, it's not like you have to like sign up to be a missionary. You are baptized, right? Yeah. You you've already signed up, and, uh, and but to start identifying with that, I am a missionary in my workplace. I am a missionary in America. I am a missionary when I go to the grocery store. That 
this is who I am as a Christian. Yep. And that I think just even the idea of having this mission Congress, what was so powerful is that you had 6,000 people gathered that simply wanted to say, I want to be a missionary to the country of France. Yeah. And I'm not going after, um, like the goal was to revive the parishes in France, but they also, I noticed that when they talk about evangelization there, a lot, I feel like so often when we talk about evangelization here in America, we're talking about the new evangelization of like evangelizing Catholics. Um, But they're just like, we're going to go out on the streets and just evangelize. Like we we don't care if we're talking to believers, unbelievers. We don't care if we're talking to to Catholics, Protestants, uh, atheists. We're just going to go out and share the gospel on the streets. And Mm -hmm. there's a, a, there's something powerful about saying like, Hey, I'm not going to only evangelize people that I think will accept me. You yep. know, like yep. I'm not going to just share the gospel with the people that I know are already Christian. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that I'm just going to go and share the gospel with everyone uh, and I pray to win over as many unbelievers as possible. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things to see was I think sometimes in America we can we can um we can use our our church family kind of as an excuse for no reason not to evangelize, right? Oh yeah. That um, you know, my parish is just an older, it's an older community, right? <laughs> or, um, we, you know, we don't have an as exciting music that's going to charge people and want them to be here. And, uh, it was really neat walking into these ancient cathedrals, uh, right? The, the Congress was actually held in, um, a church called, uh, St. Sulpice and, um, one of the biggest churches in France and to see, uh, that the church in France has, has realized like, Hey, we are we're in dire straits here. It's time for us to say yes and to, and to embrace this call. And, and, um, man, there's, there's nothing like having a gathering of 6,000 young people claiming their missionary identity in the midst of one of the oldest cathedrals in Europe. Uh, it was, it was just, a, it was a pretty cool experience. Um, yeah, but, but never let it be said that, that, you know, I'm going to let my parish, I'm going to let my church building, I'm going to let my, uh, my church music, whatever the case may be, um, be the limiting factor to my invitation of others to join in a relationship with Jesus. Amen. That's so exciting. So we are going, you know, Aaron, I think we just have to declare who we are, right? All right. That, like, I just want to be like, I, no matter where you are, who you are, what mm-hmm. you're doing, I want you just to yell the words, I am missionary <laughs> right now, that I am a missionary. Um, uh, okay, so I'm going to do it. One, two, three. I, I am a missionary. missionary. Yes. Woo. I hope you just yelled that in your car while doing the dishes with your children um, and just wake up every morning and say, I am a missionary. Like the Jesus Christ, I love um, in Pope Francis's apostolic exhortation, the joy of the gospel. Yep. One of my favorite sentence in the entire thing, it's three words. It says, I am mission, period. <laughs> and like, what if you like woke up in the morning and said today, oh, man. I am a good mission. I'm going right? to that tomorrow. Like I am mission. And today, <laughs> like that is, that is what I, that's who I am. And that's why I live that I am, I, I'm so loved by God, the father. And I've experienced God's love so much that I can't help but uh, share that with others. So, brothers and sisters, we're so grateful for you listening. Thank you for joining in. You are listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. When we come back, you're going to hear the life-changing testimony of an ordinary young woman who encountered the power of Jesus Christ in prayer and then experienced his love poured out through an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it led her into 
a um, missionary impulse to go and share the good news with others and uh, and just bring Jesus into the world to anyone who will listen. Thank you we for joining will be us. Right back in just one moment. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the angelic doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a basic textbook for young theology students that became the church's most famous and comprehensive guide to the faith, the Summa Theologica. It is still read today and helped earn him the title Doctor of the Church. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hello, Journey Home family. Next time, we'll welcome Toby Cook to the program. Toby is a former Lutheran and will share what led him to embrace the Catholic faith. Share the journey next time on EWTN's The Journey Home. The Journey Home with Marcus Grodi is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. Join us Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN radio and television. All right, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm Aaron Richards, and he's Dan Demetri. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's one way to put it. And uh, we're so excited to have you back for, for this segment of the show. Um, like we said before the break, uh, we've got an awesome interview for you today. Now, uh, typically we have, um, I don't know, members from our local community here in Columbus or... Uh, even friends that we meet in our travels all the way across the country. This is a we have a we have a special guest today. Um, as as we as we said earlier, Dan and I had had a special opportunity to be present at an event in Paris, France, called the Mission Congress. And uh, it, it you know as you might be familiar in um, in the United States when a diocese or even a national conference gathers young people from all around similar thing happened in Paris and the mission congress mission it's a it's a conference of uh of missionaries and it's a conference about a conference about the the missionary call um and we met some awesome young people there who are just living this call in powerful ways and one of the one of the young women that we are connected with, her name is Marie, and she'll be joining us today. Um, so, without further ado, uh, let's um, let's welcome Marie. Marie, welcome to the show. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> oh hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, all the from way from France. Paris, France. <laughs> so, Marie, yeah. uh, you know we're filming this show here in in the afternoon in uh, in Ohio, and in Paris it is. What time? It's eight at night. It's eight o'clock. Wow, you're so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for loving us and working with us today. Um, good. So, Marie, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to hear your story because um, you're a university student in Paris, correct? Yeah, I am. Yeah, and uh, and the work that you're um, so uh, you were sharing with me earlier that uh, the call that God's placed on your heart, even now as a university student in Paris, and and Marie, I, I think that um, just for the for the uh, benefit of our audience, so many times when we when we think about our uh, parish life or our university um, faith life here in the United States of America, um, we we see lots of problems. We see lots of opportunities for growth. We see lots of need for 
um, the, the life that we call the new evangelization, right? To be able to bring people back to relationship with Jesus in a powerful way. And uh, right. I think many times when we think of the church in Europe, we think of a church that is, uh, that is dead and struggling. <laughs> and um, and it, what was really profound to me and to Dan was in our visit to the Mission Congress in Paris, that we encountered 5,000 young people who were powerfully committed to evangelization and who were powerfully Amen. committed to living out their faith. And, and you, my friend, are one of those. And, um, you know, we're, I'm, Maria, I'm going to invite you to share your testimony. And uh, toward the end of your testimony, we'll, we'll jump into uh, a lot of the amazing ways that you're living out your faith actively and um, intentionally now on campus and in your city. Um, but thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for the, for the way that you're pursuing the Lord and, and how you are seeking to save the lost. Um, so I'm, uh, we're blessed to have you here. Are you, are you ready to share? Yeah, I am. All right. So Marie, why don't, why don't you kick off by, um, how old are you, Marie? I'm 18. I'm going to be 19 in November. Okay. Like in one month. That's fantastic. And when I was in Paris, um, I met your brother. And, uh, and we, we prayed together in the, in the, the crypt of the seminary yeah. that we were, that we were staying in. And, uh, it was, it was such a powerful, awesome time of worship. So, um, so way to go. The Lord must be working powerfully in your family. And I think that probably plays into your story a little bit. Um, so Marie, why don't you start with just telling us, uh, you know, um, as a, as a child before you encountered the Lord powerfully and were charged on mission as a student, um, what uh what was what was your faith life like growing up? Well, I grew up in a Catholic family. Um I am the fourth of seven children. And well, um uh, we were going to church every Sunday and um I was just used to, to do it and uh I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing. It was it was just going, you know. Yeah. Um and um at one point in my life, I was thinking, well, why, why am I doing this? And I started to, like, going away from the Lord, like, you know, um, around the age of, let's say, 15, 16. Yeah. Um, because, I don't know, I, I, just, I just didn't know what I was doing. I, I never met the Lord. I didn't know what was His love for me. Um, but, like, one thing that really helped me, uh, was like my parents like loved to have like priests around us, um, and so I knew a lot of priests like in my life. Like yep. we have a lot of friends who are priests. Um, and uh, my older brother started to 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 go to like praising events. Like he met the Catholic renewal. Um, uh, you know what I'm like. You know what I'm saying yep. when I say yep. Catholic renewal, like. You know, um, when we had like before, we had like this 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 space. You know, and like we we you know this this um this movement that started to like like ask the Holy Spirit to to come and and, and help us through um, our uh, lives. You know, um, and he started to go like to praising groups, like with uh, you know people dancing and 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 singing for the Lord. And Amen. this is something that that I I I was not used to, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
yeah, I was just like, what is going on here? But at the same time, I was I was thinking like, there is something powerful happening here. Yep. Um, and um, and well, um, then I I actually went to the U.S. last year. Uh, I went to study in Missouri, um, and I I was away from my family and, and what I knew, and it was hard for me. And I kind of went away from God like more and more. So you um, had to come to America to lose your faith. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, no let's not put it that way. But like, <laughs> I, I went to the U.S. because I, there was there was a great opportunity, and and I, and I I had good time, and I made I met like great people. Really, yeah, I did absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm only joking. <laughs> um, and well, um, I told my. I guess I went away from God just because I, I was away from my family, my family, and what I knew. Yeah, you know, just, yep. just because of that. Um, and and and, uh, and then you received a call from your brother, right? Yeah, and and I told him about all of that, and I was like, you know, like I, I feel that you you did met God because you have you have this joy in you and. Well, um, I don't have that, and it's so hard for me, like to stay like Catholic and, and and close from God, being away and, and all of that. And um, he told me, well, um, I'm going to do this trip to Medjugorje. It's a place in the Bosnia Herzegovina in Europe where um, the Virgin Mary like appear, um, like like that's what you said. That's what yep, you said, like yep, appearing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. An apparition. Um, since, yeah. Appar- yeah. Um, and she she does like give messages every month. Um, and she asks people to to pray. Um, and and she and she like like beautiful thing happened there. Um, you know how we say that we can meet the Lord. Yeah. From the Virgin Mary because she does know her son and she knows how to like how to make us meet her son. Yeah. So um, so your brother invited you to come with him to Medjugorje. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I did go to Medjugorje in July. Um and um I, I when I went there I was just like, Okay, um I don't know what could happen. I'm just gonna come and, and, and see and I, I don't want to expect anything from that because I, I don't know. Um, and uh, well, I didn't want to um, like live this time in Medjugorje um, deeply, and I did go to church like every every day, and I did go to confession every day mm. uh, because that's one of the blessings of Medjugorje. You can like go and confess every day, and and, and every day is different, uh, and it's greater. <laughs> Um, and um, at one point, we, uh, we 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 asked the Holy Spirit to give us um, a message from. So you know how we, we, so there is this book where there are all the messages from the Virgin Mary since yep. the beginning. Yeah. And um, we pray the we we pray the the Holy Spirit so we can give us like a message like for us. So the Virgin Mary, Mary always starts uh, her messages with uh, dear children, something like this. Uh-huh. And she, at the end, she says like, "Thank you for um, like answering to my, I don't know, call something." Like she, she thanks us, you know. 
Um, so he was like, um, uh, dear Marie Emily, you will uh, meet the Lord on the day of the Saint Jacques, uh, and you will uh, receive a lot of blessings. That, that's what <laughs> my message was. And no? <laughs> that's amazing. So I just, I don't want our listeners to miss that opportunity. So in prayer, you asked the Holy Spirit to speak and you actually received a, a message in prayer from Our Lady. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> your and your humility is amazing, Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And and I, I'm guessing when, when Jesus' mama told you that you were going to meet him on that day, I bet you did. Yeah, yeah, I, I really did, <laughs> and it was just surprising how right it was, you know, like on Monday, on the day of, like she told me I was gonna meet the Lord. She, like, we had this, um, it was a uh, fasting day, you know, where you don't eat at all, yep, like just yep, bread and water, yep, yep, yep. yeah. Um, so we did this, and we also uh, went to for a walk. Um, like, uh, you know, on um, the Friday before Easter, you have uh, this time of prayer um, with each, like, step of, um, like, the Lord had yeah, before stations of the uh, cross. was crucified. Yes. Yeah, the, it's, we call it the Stations like, of the Cross. Yeah, there we go. This one. Yep, yep. And uh, we did this. <laughs> we did this, and, and we, there was a fasting day, and at night we, have, uh, we had this um, praising time, and um, people were praying for each other. Uh-huh. And um, there were, um, like, two people were praying for, um, for like, for me. And, the, and, and I came, came and, I, and I, I came, and uh, they were like, do you want to follow the Lord? Do you want to give everything to the Lord? Do you want to give your life to <laughs> the Lord? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure, um, why not? <laughs> And uh, and they did pray for me, and and you know like they they called the Holy Spirit, and they were like, come, come, really, like, come Holy Spirit, come, come meet Marie, like, yeah, show her how, like God is great, and then how He loves her, and He did come <laughs> to me um, with uh, you know like a, a hot like. Uh, I think you said like pouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the the outpour. So, yeah. the, so in in America, we use that we use that terminology, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, this one, <laughs> and and I I did have that, and um, and 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 God showed me how He loved me. Oh, that's how, awesome! He really like how much He loved me. <laughs> yeah. Even though, like, uh, you know, all my mistakes and, and, and everything in my life, like, how much He loved me, and He died for me, and He would do everything for me yeah, um, again and again and ever. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. That's awesome. Thank it you really for was. sharing that. Wow. Okay. And then and then what happened from there? So so after your time in America, you had grown distant from the Lord a little bit, and, and when your brother invited you to Medjugorje, you probably didn't anticipate to encounter him in the way that you did, but... Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah. And, but now you're living a life on fire in, in Paris, in a, in, a very, in a very secular city, um, historically uh, one of the most important Christian cities in, in the world. Uh, yeah. and, and you're living now as a, as an evangelist in your, in your college campus. So, um, 
tell us what happened and, and how, how your encounter with the Lord charged you, uh, um, moved you into mission. Well, um, it was just like, I felt that I had to, to tell people, uh, how, how God loved them, you know, because I think like people just, just don't know that they don't just, they just don't believe that they just think it can be true. Yep. Um, and um, and I felt like I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm I'm with a group of like a, like a friend and and like a youth group. Yep. Like every Sunday, I'm going to a um, a group like with a student who get together to pray the Lord. And uh, it's the kind of group where like you dance, you sing for the Lord. You, you really like it. It's like like really beautiful thing happened there. Yeah. Um, and um, and and like the important thing is that I am not alone in this. Like I really have people to like help me um going through like this like they they teach me kind of like how I can like use what what happened to me like like how I can make like better and and and, and greater with what I had received, you know what I mean amen yeah can so uh you were sharing with me earlier that some of the some of the um the ways that you're evangelizing on your campus is now you're participating and inviting people into those worship meetings um, yeah, I am. <laughs> where where you can share where you're sharing your testimony and 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 praying with others that they could receive the Lord in the way that you have and then yeah tell me about your street your street evangelization yeah, so I did this for the first time during the Mission Congress, actually. Um, and so we went, like, we were two of us, yeah. and we went uh, just, like, in the streets, and we we started, like, with praying, like, the Virgin Mary and, and the Holy Spirit, like, so we can, like, guide us through this time of yeah. evangelization. Um, and, uh, well, we just we just went in the street and, 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 and go and talk to people, like, hey, you know who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just did that way, you know? <laughs> and uh, some people are surprised. Um, but, like, usually they want to know more because, like, how you said, like, in Europe, church might, might, be, might be seen as something, like, or, or dead or annoying. Um, and, like, I know it's not the truth. So yeah. people are... Like they don't expect young people to come to us and 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 tell them that they are Catholic and that they love God and and all of that, you know. Yep. <laughs> so they usually listen. <laughs> they <laughs> like listen. what on earth are you talking about? Oh, that's awesome, Marie. Thank you so much for sharing for sharing your story. Uh, you know, here we we talk. Um, one of the one of the reasons why we why we have been so convicted of of being called to mission is is realizing that uh you know in the world today there's so many people who are leaving the practice of their faith we share we've we've shared these those you know the, those percentages before right that five out of six young people leave the practice of their faith within ten years of confirmation but but the difference um between those that leave and those that stay is that eighty nine percent of the people who stay convicted and committed to their faith have um, described some event or experience that that pulled them out of their comfort zone and that changed their perspective. And um, yeah, it really does. And and one of the awesome things about living in Europe is that you can just drive down the street to Medjugorje, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. But what I did actually, like, we went on like the uh, like, um, bus and stuff, and we went from Paris to Medjugorje in bus. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> someday, someday. Um, well, yeah. uh, man, God, God bless you, Marie. Thank you so much for for the work that you're doing and for the impact that you're having in in your in your university. I, I was just so excited in in hearing from you um, about about the impact that. Uh, that testimony is having. I mean, oh my gosh, so many times I think, I think uh, in the church in America, when we talk about a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, um, it's something that, that people would, would dream about and, and never experience for themselves. And, and thank you for saying yes to your brother's invitation. Um, you know, I think back to the story of St. Andrew and St. Peter, right? That when Andrew heard the call of the Lord, he called his brother and he said, um, come, I found, I found the Lord. And, uh, that's and, right. <laughs> and praise praise God that your brother uh, called you and said, hey, you know what, Marie, I, I know that these chimes have been challenging for you, but I need you to join me, um, and that you responded in faith. And, uh, and let it not go unheard that in your prayer time that Our Lady herself uh, had had you covered and 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 delivered that message of promise from the yes, Lord. <laughs> She's got you covered, Marie. Um yeah. Hey, uh, I, I wonder if um, if you might, uh, we'll let you go here, but I wonder if you might go ahead and um, just pray for uh, pray for the show, pray for us, and and pray for our listeners today before we before we let you go. Okay, yeah, sure. Can you like, pray? Can you pray for us out loud? Okay. Do, do you mind if I if I pray in in French because it's going to be easier for me? Oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> the best thing ever. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Euh, Saint-Esprit, Saint-Esprit, voilà, vraiment, viens, viens bénir ces personnes qui, qui m'ont écouté, ces personnes qui m'ont reçu. Merci, Seigneur, de m'avoir offert tout, toutes ces grâces que tu me donnes. Seigneur Jésus, vraiment, je te remercie. Sainte-Marie, merci de m'avoir connaître ton fils. Vraiment, Seigneur, je te confie toutes ces personnes, viens, vraiment, viens dans leur cœur et de faire fructifier tout ce que tu m'as donné de leur dire ce soir. Merci, Seigneur. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Marie, you are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> sharing this time with us. All right. God bless Thank you. you so I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you so much. Yep. Take care. Oh, that's a great testimony, isn't it? She's yeah. such a sweet, uh, sweet young woman. Um, it's so, uh, you know, the reality is, Dan, that uh, anytime someone comes on our show and shares their testimony in a French accent, it's going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to do that and just I wasn't able to. It's always, yeah, it's always pretty scary when, when Dan tries the, yeah, the French I'll accent. Yeah, I'll start with the French accent, then it turns <laughs> German, then all of a sudden it's Italian. It just doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. Um, anyway... Uh, what a what a what a great and a beautiful witness. Um, you know, like I like I said during during Marie's testimony, I think so many times we've we've kind of we've been exposed to the narrative that the church in the church in Europe, the church in France is is dead or dying. Um, and man, that wasn't our experience when we were there. Uh, it's it's a it's an opportunity for revival um, that is that is so ripe and so ready. Uh, and, and the Lord is moving powerfully in his people. Um, I mean, it's, it's so, uh, it's, it's so appropriate to see that, that even, even these, these sites of pilgrimage, even, you know, Medjugorje and Lords that, um, that, that the Lord is, is continuing to speak through his, through his, <laughs> through his mama, um, and, and through, through the power of his Holy Spirit. I mean, how many people can say that they went to Medjugorje and received a word from Our Lady 
that promised baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's such a such a powerful word that that you know the new evangelization is in the heart of Our Lady, and it's in the heart of the Church, um, and it's and it's alive in France, it's alive in Paris, it's alive in Europe, and um, you know I was I was moved I was moved to see the way that the people of of Paris, the people of France, are responding to this call of mission. Yeah, I think too, just like Marie's testimony is so simple at the same time. It's like I, you know, we, we, um, when we pray, we should expect to hear God's voice. Yep. And when we pray to Our Lady, we should expect that Our Lady wants to speak to us as well. So sometimes there's these, um, you know, maybe there's people who have like these extraordinary, like, uh, apparitions, right? Yeah. But I can also pray and hear God's voice every day. And, yep. Yep, um, and, so, and that's pretty doggone extraordinary that God loves us so much as his children that, and he gave us his mother that they, uh, that the father, um, the son, the Holy Spirit and Our Lady, they want to speak to us in prayer. And it's not, this isn't like, um, it shouldn't be something that's foreign to us. So we can go to the Lord in prayer and hear his voice. And he, he, uh, he speaks promises over our lives. And so she, the, the difference between, I think, uh, Marie and so many other people is that when she heard the voice, she didn't question it. And she wasn't like, Oh, that, that just is my, like, that's just me speaking to myself. Holy spirit isn't going to move in power in my life. Mm -hmm. And, Oh, I'm not going to encounter Jesus. She, she actually heard the voice, um, and of our lady speaking to her in prayer and she believed in faith that uh, the promises made over her life were going to be fulfilled. And because of that, it gave a, a permission for the Holy Spirit to move, right? And, yeah. and then it was a, it's it's as simple as, okay, I've had an encounter with Jesus. And we see this all the time, I think, Aaron. It's like so many people, when they have an encounter with Jesus, um, they don't take that next step of finding community yeah. to help foster that, right? Yep. And just the, the, but it's so simple that I've encountered Jesus Christ. Now I need to be around other believers of Jesus who really are going to help me walk in the faith and help that encounter blossom and grow and develop so that I'm living life in Christ. I, yep. I, uh, good friend of ours, uh, Dave Nodar, he's the founder of Christ Life. And he, he I love how he defines through the Christ Life um, catechesis series, he defines that we need to have three different conversions, right? First, we have a conversion to Jesus Christ as Lord. And that's that initial conversion, that experience where she encountered the Lord uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus became Lord. But then he says a second conversion is that we need to have a conversion to Jesus's lifestyle, that we Mm -hmm. need to not just believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and give him our lives, but then our lifestyle has to become like his lifestyle. And that's a conversion that takes place through Christian community where we learn the lifestyle of Jesus from other Christians living the lifestyle of Jesus, and we grow in maturity through that process. And then he speaks to that third conversion is we need to have a conversion to Jesus' Jesus's mission, that yep. we need to actually um, be propelled just from the lordship of Jesus and living the lifestyle of Jesus with daily prayer, Eucharistic lifestyle, like a, a lifestyle of uh, in the Holy Spirit. But then that moves into the mission uh, uh, that Jesus experiences as well, and that we, we become missionaries. And you see just in a very simple way in Marie's testimony, and I love, I think that's why the youth are so powerful to learn from is because, okay, I've I had this conversion to Jesus as Lord. Now I want to learn how to live my life like others are living their life for Jesus. So I'm going to enter a Christian community that teaches me the lifestyle of Jesus. Oh, and then uh, because I'm living the lifestyle of Jesus, what does Jesus do during his lifestyle? He he proclaims the kingdom of God, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm going to start entering into his mission and I'm going to share my testimony with others and I'm going to invite people to encounter with Jesus Christ. And it's just simple and we yeah. don't have to complicate it that yeah. like, 
God speaks to us in prayer. He fulfills his promises. I strive to grow in Christian uh, uh, into the Christian lifestyle, and then I go on mission with Jesus. And Amen. And cool things happen when that when all those things take place. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're take a little break here, um, and we'll be right back. But uh, more to come on that missionary spirit that I, I think we saw so evident in Marie's life. And um, Dan, I, I think you and I will probably share a little bit more about what we experienced at the Mission Congress, a a whole conference um, focusing the prayer of a whole country around the the universal call to mission. Um, And it's so evident there, uh, I don't know, in a a large part, probably because it's so necessary. Um, And if there's, you know, if there's one good thing about the current cultural climate, about... um, the, the hostility that exists toward the church is that it's it's created a sense of urgency where our, our response to our call to mission is so critical at this time and in this place. So once again, we'll catch you on the flip side. Um, you're listening to Beyond Damascus. This is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. We'll see you real soon. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. you remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good, he said. Only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. In life's darkest moments, don't lose hope. Lift your heart to the God who loves you. In Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement, Father Timothy Gallagher shows you how to find peace amid your struggles. Embrace God's mercy. Evade sadness and temptation. Answer this call to hope and solace with Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement, the latest release from EWTN Publishing. Now available at EWTNRC.com. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Remember, this is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. I'm Aaron Richards here with Dan Demite, and what an awesome show today. Uh, we're, we're focusing on the, this, this missionary call. Yeah, the, you know, Aaron, I want to go to Romans chapter 11 where um, Paul, says, I ask then, has God rejected his people? Of course not, right? And I think that's where we've got to, yeah. like, so often we, like, ask ourselves as we are looking at the current climate of the church, we may be like, man, like, you know, we're talking about France, and it's like, oh, wow, only 4% of Catholics go to Mass every single Sunday in France, or, like, only, like, uh, what is it? Like, I think it's only 27% of Catholics or at mass on any given Sunday here in America, like we may have this, like this fear of like, is it, it, it like, has God rejected his church or like, has, has, uh, are like, why are so many people falling away from the faith? Is, is ever is like, is the secular world going to win? Like what's going to happen? And it's as same, these questions have been asked before in, in mm. salvation history, right? We like, Paul's like, I asked then, has God rejected his people? And the answer is, of course not. He like didn't then he did not then. And he's, and not, he's not going now. to today. <laughs> And I love the response here in Romans uh, 11. It says, For I too am an Israelite 
a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. The Paul, when he's when people are asking, like, is, has God rejected his people? Is the, is the church falling apart? Is the mm-hmm. people of God, like, are they going to um, fall apart? He says, no, of course God hasn't rejected his people. And I remember who I am, right? He's like, I'm an Israelite. I'm a descendant of Abraham. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know... What the scripture says about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars and I alone am left and they're seeking my life. But what is God's response to him? It says in Romans, I have left for myself 7,000 men whom have knelt bef- who have not yet knelt before Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen mm. by grace. And I think that's like, we need to know who we are what our story is, what our God has done in the past, and what he's doing today, right? Amen. That the way we can like come to understand what God wants to do today and tomorrow is by looking to what God has done in the past. And we have thousands and thousands of years of history that we have a history book in the word of God where God has told us his promises and he has shown us what life is going to look like for his people. And we've seen time and time again where the chosen people of God have have fallen prey to the secular world, where they've they've fallen prey to worshiping idols, they've fallen prey to to rejecting the, the promises of the Father. But in those moments, as Paul says here in Romans, he says, in those moments, the the Lord promises us that there's a remnant. And it's not that like when everyone is faithful that the church grows, it's actually when there's a small remnant, that remnant brings the people back to faithfulness to the one true God. And that it's from that remnant that that church growth happens. It's from that remnant yeah. that uh, the the restoration of, of culture happens. That the restoration of the people of God happens. And I think mm. that's the time we're in, right? Yeah. That we can see that. Yeah, the church is shrinking right now, where people maybe are losing faithfulness in a way that they didn't have before. Uh, but you know, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, he said that. I prefer a faith, a small faithful church, uh, than, than a, a, a a large unfaithful church, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of I have a, I have a tough time with um with with trying to pat ourselves on the back in the midst of a failed mission, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, good job, guys. Here's your participation trophy. Uh, you know, look look at this another way. That that is true, and that is that is the reality of where we are today. And we need to be we need to be realistic. Um, but, but I think the other reality is like, even in times of plenty, the church is still a church on mission. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I look at it like this, um, at Damascus, uh, and praise God for his faithfulness We're we are enjoying, um, we're enjoying growth like no other youth ministry program I've ever seen. But the mentality that we've adopted is one that, okay, you know, when that we are going to live as if we are a people on mission, even though, you know, practically we, we may have the opportunity to sit back and pat ourselves on the back. Why? Because, because there's never an excuse to let off the accelerator when it comes to responding to God's call for his faithfulness for his people. And, um, and, and, and yes, the truth is that, that, that like the remnant mentality is a missionary mentality. That we've got to realize that, that we've, been, we've been called in this world to respond to, to 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 respond radically to the call that God's given us and it it doesn't matter if if we're we're in a comfortable place it doesn't matter if we're in an uncomfortable place it doesn't matter if our family is all happily practicing and 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 living out the life to the fullness and and doesn't you know 
that that our missionary response is the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. God wants a hundred percent of His people to know His love and to encounter His yeah. presence. And so, until we are uh, a church uh, that has been fulfilled, and every single person, every knee, you know, bends, and every tongue professes that Jesus Christ is Lord, we yep. have a mission at hand. And Amen. there's uh, the I think what's so neat though is that God says, "Hey, listen." I've taken a remnant before, yeah. and I've, I've brought restoration. And yep. today, I'm promising that even if there's a remnant, I'm going to bring restoration. But the question is, well, what what did the remnant do in the past mm. that led to restoration? And and how can we how can we become a church that is is full and alive again and missionary again? I think if you really just boil down very simply, what do they do? What does a remnant do? They they dive deeper into the heart of God and they dive deeper into mission. Right? Yeah. That that we have to. We have to see ourselves to um, as a people that are called to dive deeper into the heart of God through prayer and faithfulness to the 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 request of the Lord. Right, that I'm going to restore faithfulness. I'm going to restore intimacy with the heart of God, and then because I have a restored faithfulness and a, a restored intimacy, I'm going to make it my life's mission to bring about restoration. Amen. I just love like my. I think my favorite book in the Bible is Nehemiah, which is kind of like a weird book in the Bible, like uh, to have as your favorite. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Just good old <laughs> Nehemiah, right? But it's just so amazing that like Nehemiah um, was able to. It was at the time right after the Babylonian exile, where person after person, over and over again, uh, for for years and years and years, they had tried to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, but they were unable to. Um, and, and Nehemiah. Uh, what, he he was raised up by the Lord in this moment to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, and in rebuilding the walls around re- Jerusalem, he was able to restore uh, the 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 culture there, and the, the ultimately the 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 place of God, the ho- the house of God. And it, what's so amazing about this book is that Nehemiah, who's a simple ordinary man, inspires a people to dedicate their lives to rebuilding the walls. And I think the Lord is um, is calling us at this time, not just to dedicate our Sunday afternoons uh, to you know the parish school of religion mm-hmm. to rebuild the walls. He's mm-hmm. saying, are you going to dedicate your lives? Like the walls have fallen, right? And the enemy is pressing in. We need a people who say, I'm going to give absolutely everything with this missionary impulse and this missionary zeal to say, it, there's no longer half in, half out. There's no longer 10% of my time, talent, treasure that I'm all in to restore the kingdom of God, that I want to build God's kingdom again and build the church like never before. Uh, and it's only going to happen if I give everything. Yeah. Well, and nor was there ever supposed to be a, a, <laughs> exactly. a time where it was okay for us to to, to step away from conviction. Right? Yeah. When's, when's the best time to attack an enemy when they're the, when they think everything's perfect, right? Yeah. And they're, they've gotten back on their heels. Oh, this is good. Okay, so um, friends, I, I hope that this I hope that this message today has been has been inspiring for you. I hope that um, even just in conversation about about what it means to 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 experience the call to mission. Um, you know, Dan, you and I, I were we were really convicted in our time in Europe. Um, it's it's just it's just so fascinating seeing uh, you know seeing a, a city like Paris where where there are there are these huge beautiful cathedrals um you know a stone's throw from each other and uh and and for the most part they're they're i don't know they're no longer an active place of of worship right they're no longer uh a place that truly expresses the heart of the people Mm -hmm. um 
but but uh but yet even still um there is a revival of a missionary movement there that says we want our heritage back that we trust in the promises of god that we trust in god's faithfulness and that we're going to continue to say yes even in the midst of a culture that says no and um and, and i don't know i i presume that you know here um you our listeners uh, many of us might be in a similar situation that um you know I'm, I'm i'm tempted to give up i'm tempted to let up i'm tempted to to give in to the challenge to the frustration whether it's my family whether it's my work whether it's um even even you know <laughs> live in a faithful christian response in the context of my parish that um, that God is calling us to see ourselves, um, whether in a good scenario or a challenging one, as as the remnant that he's called to say yes to him with our whole lives, to live a missionary spirit, to live a missionary call, to live a missionary life, and to realize that, that, that we are the ones that God has in mind uh, when he thinks of a strategy, to, to a solution to these difficult times, these difficult circumstances. So... Um, I, I, once again, I hope you, I hope you're, you've been inspired. I wonder if we might just close in prayer, um, with, with, a with a missionary charge over each one of you, our listeners. And, um, that, that like, uh, Marie shared in her testimony that, that we might be empowered through the grace of the Holy Spirit to, um, to say yes with a renewed zeal and to see our, our lives, to see our, our places of work, to see our schools, um, to see our families transformed. Man, let's just close in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, you are um, full of everything we need. You have all the solutions that we are hungry for. You are the Lord, the giver of life. And Lord, I just pray that you would pour out life. You'd pour life out upon our listeners right now. You would fill them with your Holy Spirit. You would allow them to experience the fullness of the life that you promised them. And that you would pour out life upon your people, Lord, that we would experience a full and abundant culture, that we would see a restoration of culture, Lord. I pray for every solution that's needed in the church today, that those solutions uh, would be provided by you, Lord, that you would reveal them to us in prayer, that you would reveal them to your church, and that we would uh, be faithful and obedient Mm -hmm. in pursuing those solutions, Lord, that we would... (laughs) that we would listen to you and obey you and do whatever you ask us to do and that we would just uh, enter into this world with a missionary impulse like never before. Amen. Here, uh, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come and that you would uh, fill us now. We pray, Mama Mary, that you'd come and you'd wrap your arms, your mantle around us, that you'd keep us safe, that you'd keep our families safe. And we know the promise that wherever you are, wherever Our Lady is, that the Holy Spirit flies there. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come you'd fill us with your fire, you'd fill us with your call, and that you'd give us the grace and the gifts to be able to respond to you um, powerfully and confidently and gracefully. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, And that wraps up our show for today. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Once again, this is Beyond Damascus, where Encounter Meets Mission. It's a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Feel free to check out our podcast online at Beyond. It's the Beyond Damascus podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And um, you can continue to join in and uh, tune us in next week. Um, Once again, thank you for joining us to learn about the missionary spirit.